You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. going to begin this week with a brief apology at bridemovement.com if you've noticed we've been making lots of updates and changes as we've been revolutionizing our web presence and we've been really excited about all the things we've been adding like the bride ministries institute in a page for the fireplace church and uh, all the things that are going on there uh, and podcast page and all the different resources that we've made available and reorganized and there's been a lot of things that have gone on on the back end well here's the problem that we ran into we stopped at a certain point receiving the contact forms that were coming in through our website to our ministry inbox many of you that write us in you'll receive a response from info at bridemovement.com well that inbox is supposed to receive all of the contact forms and it was going to a sent folder and we frankly missed it for like the past two months or so ish and and so just this week when my lovely wife discovered the issue we jumped right on it and if you have written us and then never heard something back you likely got a response this week even though it was something that was a couple months ago and i want to apologize you know we're i'm sorry we're sorry It, it was a uh a glitch we missed it and so uh, if you wrote in and you got your feelings hurt because you're like yeah i wrote into bride ministries never heard anything back filled out their contact form i don't know what's going on over there like yeah let me tell you what happened we we missed all the contact forms for the past couple months so i did want to just open up this program with a brief apology now with that said uh prayers to shake heaven and earth folks has just been giving such a mighty return in the form of testimonies people are having breakthroughs all over the place people are having crazy breakthroughs from this book and i want to encourage you guys if if you've been following this ministry for a while and you say you know i'm going to put off getting that book i I'm not ready for it yet. Like, don't buy it for yourself. Buy it for a friend. Give it to them. Ask them to say a few prayers and ask them how it worked out. This book is a tool in the hand of a believer to secure breakthrough and to secure motion in their lives, to get over the impasses that the enemy has created in different ways. I mean, and, and the resources are extensive, beginning at general prayers for the morning, the evening, kids, finance. Uh, other areas prayers for leaders all the way extended into my toolbox for inner healing and deliverance ministry to the human spirit freedom from heavenly powers and non-human genetics and so on and so forth so look the the uh the resource is there and it's very inexpensive i mean it's priced to sell not really to make money so i want to encourage you to get your hands on that and with that said today we're going to be having an amazing discussion with dr stephen duncan i know that you as my listening audience love him and well he loves you too and so we're going to be getting to him in just a minute before we do that i want to say a a, a big hearty thank you to all of our financial supporters and you guys continue to come through for us week after week we've been financially repositioned as an organization you are opening the doors of possibility to us and we plan to walk through them fully uh, we have so many plans, so many pieces of vision that 
you know, they're just in their infancy right now. But as we continue to receive support, as we continue to establish methods of healthy growth, the sky is the limit. So thank you for those of you that support us. And I just want to encourage you with the word of God that says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. And so we at Bride Ministries take opportunity to speak abundant blessings to all of our financial supporters in the name of Jesus. Folks, you're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, here's a program you've been waiting for. Dr. Stephen Duncan, round three. Folks, let me tell you, you guys really love my Dr. Stephen Duncan. I, I bring him on the program, and you know what you guys do? You give him phone calls. You send him emails. Next thing I know, I can't even get a hold of him. Why? He's too busy for Dan Duvall. Why is he too busy for me? Because he's talking to you guys. You know, I, I, I've been trying to get Dr. Duncan on for, for a couple months now, and, well... <laughs> It's been hard work. He <laughs> is the founder of House of Gilead Renewal Centers here in Plano, Texas. He practices naturopathic medicine, and uh, he has a doctor of chiropathy, a PhD in sacred philosophy, a doctor of pastoral science from the Pastoral Medical Association, and is an ordained minister. And he's been practicing for over 20 years, for those of you that haven't met him yet. I'm so glad to have you back, Dr. Duncan. Well, I'm happy to be here. Sorry, sorry. It's uh, not, you, you keep me busy, man. These uh, these shows have just inundated me with my. I was already inundated, and so now I'm hanging them on nails and uh, coat hooks and everywhere else to try to facilitate everybody's needs. But you know, well, somebody's got to do it, right? You know, there's a lot of positive testimonies coming back, Doctor Duncan, and, and what you do is it's just awesome. And by the way, for those of you that have been waiting for it, it's here. Dr. Stephen Duncan's website is www.houseofgilead.com. It is up. It works. It's functional. Doing awesome. Your your sweetie did a a fantastic job. Phase one is launched. Um, We're going to do we're going to do a little bit more, um, but uh, we're definitely uh, I'm already getting calls off of it. So that's a good thing. Um, and able to uh, drive traffic to it, so that's a good thing. Um, so uh, I'm excited about it. it. Really looks nice. Well, well, well thank you. Yes, uh, folks, my my wife did do Dr. Duncan's website, and and I'll tell you, Dr. Duncan, I mean, your website's looking sharp. <laughs> Just saying. It is. So, it folks. Is www.houseofgilead.com be sure to check it out and of course you can call his office directly at 972-596-5055 all right dr duncan we we have some real cool things to talk about today yes and i cannot wait to get into it with you on the subject of frequencies Okay. Now, there are technologies that work on frequencies. Food has frequencies. 
different organs in our body have frequencies. What can you tell us about frequencies that you find to be very important? Well, simply stated, <clears throat> our bodies are a flow system. Um, Jesus said, drink from my cup. I am living water. So when you think of living water, what do you think of? You think of a, a running stream, a brook. You don't think of a, a dammed up pool or a mud puddle or, or, or a cesspool or sewer. That's not living water. That's waters of death. Um, but living water is actually moving. It has a vibration. It has a sound. Um, it has a, a, a speed. Um, it ebbs and flows and twists and turns. And essentially, um, that's what our body is. Our body is vibratory. Um, we either have the spark of life um, or that spark is being drained out of us and we're experiencing some form of dis-ease. Um, so dis-hyphenated ease, not disease, dis-ease. In other words, um, our body is being suppressed or stopped up or is not flowing. We actually have a saying in the office, no flow, no go. Um, so if the system is not moving, um, if it's stagnated, then um, there's imbalance. Um, there is brain fog, lethargy, weight gain, chronic fatigue. Um, you just go down the list. All of that has to do with a lack of spark or a lack of flow um, in, in the body. So when you talk about frequency, you're, you're talking about everything. God said, let there be. And there was things began, chaos became order. That's, that's in the book of Genesis. Um, I think it's in Romans, maybe Romans 14 or 16. It says, call things are not as if they are. So the Bible commands us that if we want something in our life and it's not the present, that we have the power to call it in. So we could take just like God took chaos and, and created order and created a perfect, perfected earth for man to thrive on, um, we can do the same thing. Jesus said, do you not know that you, you're little gods? So we have the power and, and the authority to call things that aren't as if they are and to keep doing that until it becomes something um, that is beneficial in our life. So <clears throat> when you go to a conference and and uh, someone is anointed to lay their hands on, on you and heal them, it's the power of God being transferred, or the frequency of the Holy Spirit being transferred through that earthen vessel um, that realigns whatever misalignment is in the body and brings about instantaneous healing. So when you talk about frequency, you're talking about every single thing that we know and don't know. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, so now now I need to jump in on this because All right. For, for, okay. Okay. Do you believe that a person's diet and belief system is going to shift and change the frequency of their physical body and its different components? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, just just look at, <clears throat> remember the scripture Jesus said, and, and according, it's different translations will state this differently, but 
It's as a man speaketh from the heart or as a man thinketh from the heart, depending on the translation, so he is. So what is that telling us? That that the power of life and death, it, it, there's even a scripture that says that. The power of life and death is in the tongue, right? So the power of life and death is the spoken word. The Bible is the the spoken word made manifest in the earth. So you look at you look at it's a book, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's power in the book. There is frequency, there's life, there's vitality, there is anointing, there is revelation, um, there is impartation. All of that exists in, in the Bible. And so we are a product of our environment. You reap what you sow. Now a lot of pastors will <laughs> turn that into coin in the in the offering plate, but Let's just take, for example, you spend your life in a fast food line, that's a fast track to death. You're not getting any nutrition. You're not getting any quality value or nutrients. I had an 11-year-old kid in my office last week. Family brought him to me. Beautiful kid, beautiful family. He's, his, his hair is falling out. He's 11 years old, okay? He shouldn't look like me, you know? Um, he, should, he should have this beautiful, thriving head of hair. And, his, and he had these big gaps of hair that had fallen out of his head. He's 11 years old. I looked at his blood, okay? Mm. His blood looks like an 80-year-old person with stage 4 cancer, and he's 11 years old. No. Guess what? Guess where they eat? Okay, I probably can't say that. They eat in fast food restaurants (laughs) 80%, 90% of the time. <laughs> You'll probably describe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but this kid had doesn't get cooked meals, and he and and I'm telling you, I just about fell on the floor. I turned around to his parents and I said, "You know what? This stops today. You want to know why this kid is where he's at? Then you need to take a look at what you're putting into his body, and you're killing him, and it stops today." And if it doesn't stop today, then you need to leave because there is nothing I can do for you unless you start preparing this kid real food. And they were just mortified. They were mortified. So, you know, it's a family of like five or six, and they're like, okay, we're bringing our whole family in here. I said, well, guess what? The whole family's got to get on board, okay, because this is not going to change. So the flip side of your question, and, and I know you have a you have a, another question, but you if you sit around all day long and talk negative to yourself and about yourself, I'll never do this. I'll never get that. I'm, every time I hear that, I just feel like I want to die. If you're making those kind of – if that's your self-talk, you're talking yourself right out of life. You're commanding the universe. And you're talking yourself right out of life and into death. I mean, one of the things that I – in my practice is when people come in, I listen to how they present. I always say, tell me your story. And I'm still amazed. I had one today, this afternoon. I said, tell me your story. She goes, well, well what do you want me to say? <laughs> I said, tell me your story. <laughs> well, 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 what do you want me to say? I said, why are you here? So you want me to tell you my life story or you want me to tell you why I'm here? I said, I want you to tell me the story that's important to you. So... So what is the first thing that I got out of that conversation? Disenfranchisement. She has so little value of herself that she couldn't even talk about what got her here and got her to my office in the first place. 
that's a lack of self-value, a lack of self-esteem, a lack of acknowledgement. And why is she so sick? Well, because she operates in that paradigm. She doesn't see the value in herself, nor does she see how God values her. And as a result of that, she's extremely ill. Out, on that subject, I, I do have something to say. See, I was asking someone the other day, I said, you know, what do you think love is? And, you know, they were bumbling around like most of us do, because a lot of people, you ask them, what does love mean? You know, and, and if you get beyond, you know, that agape is just selfless love of God. What but what does that really mean? You know, a lot of us struggle. It's like, I don't know. And one of the things that I've kind of landed on, Dr. Duncan, is that love is truly a frequency. And that uh -huh. frequency contains the realities found in First Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yep. It does not boast. Yep. It, it, is a, it is a frequency that generates an atmosphere that reveals all of those truths. So when you step into the like presence of Jesus Christ, in prayer, the atmosphere changes. And suddenly you're consumed yeah. by an environment, even if you don't touch him and if he doesn't touch you. And that environment is the realm of love, but it's like a frequency. And I, I believe that when people carry bad programming in their hearts, like self-hatred, self-contempt, uh, so on and so forth, it actually generates an environment, an atmosphere within their person, their body, and their immediate uh, square footage, so to speak, that has a horribly negative impact on their health, on their presentation, and on those that get close enough to them to be susceptible to the environment they are producing out of their negativity. I, and, and I think that sometimes when Christians are talking about frequency, you know, it, it scares away all the religious people because they think, well, that must be a new age term. It's like, no, uh, it, I just think it's a spiritual reality that blends right into the natural realm and has something to do with the way our cells and blood and body systems interact with each other. Exactly. Well, blood is congealed life. <laughs> so... Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> no, okay, can you break that down, Dr. Duncan? I... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's look at Leviticus 17. Life is in the blood. Life, right. life is in the blood. So life is vibratory. It's, it's frequency. It's, um, uh, it's a dynamic of, of uh, thriving, uh, ever-moving, Upward mobility, uh, maturation, revelation. Um, it has thought. It has process. It has direction. So there's movement there, um, and so um, we are, you know, uh, made in the likeness of the Father, who is what a brilliant light being. I mean, Moses stood on the mount, and the and the essence and the brilliance of God was such that. He couldn't look upon him because he would have been consumed. Um, and so um, Jesus, uh, when he came to earth, you know, it talks about Jesus stepped down or stepped off the throne. He stepped down to, to, to become human form. And, you know, what 
really say about that is is there's more to that story than him taking a step down the down the staircase to come off the throne to get down to the earthen level. He also had to dial down his frequency and his vibration. There's no I don't think there's any way that we could have dealt with the brilliance and the magnitude of the essence of Jesus the Christ had he not taken on human form. Um, so when, 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 when the disciples uh, were on the mountain, they wanted to build altars to, you know, to, to Jesus, and, and they couldn't see them. All they could do was hear this voice and see this brilliant light, and, and they fell in fear and trembling and wanted to build altars you know, on, on the Mount of Transformation. And so Jesus transformed back into his essence in that moment to commune, and then he transformed back out into the flesh, um, back into the flesh, and so he dialed down his vibration and his frequency and his life-forming essence um, to walk among men. Um, so, you know, that will definitely uh, get you run out of church and strung up on, you know, and hung and tarred and feathered and pissed if you go talking that in a lot of realms. But but really, our Bible is metaphysical. I mean, if you look at the I mean, look at Enoch. I mean, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the story of Enoch, he, he just transformed. It beat me up, God, mm-hmm. and he did. Mm-hmm. He was there and he wasn't there, okay? Um, so... Um, so there is, you know, there is so much that, that we don't understand, um, probably to our benefit, um, about the power and the essence of God. And uh, just look at that word, essence. You know, what is essence? It's, it's a vibratory uh, space and time. It is a frequency. It is uh, a smell, a taste, a feeling, a sensation. Um, the essence of God. And so, um, you know, we, we get tastes of that, you know, where we get slain in the Spirit because the presence or the essence of the Holy Spirit is so great in a particular setting that, you know, people just get waylaid. They just can't stand in it. And that's just because of the, its power, Come on. its dynamic, its frequency. You know what I'm saying? Come you on. just can't, you just, you just get undone. I mm. mean, really. Mm. Just about your first encounter with Jesus when you were when 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 you were walking in sin and and whatever it was that led you to that place of surrender and the essence of God almighty touched you and you knew that transformation had taken place in your life and you were a new man <laughs> I mean if I could put that in a bottle <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> You have cancer, take a drop of this. It'll be gone, you know? Um, so, yeah, so so, okay. so when I say blood, yeah, go ahead. Well, so when I say blood gilled light, I mean, that's what it is. We are all congealed light. Mm. Wow. Okay, so now, now I'm going to get into a little bit of nitty gritty here. You right. are a are into naturopathic medicine and and you help people that the medical system has failed in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some therapies out there that claim to be able to take advantage of things like frequency. 
I want to ask you about uh, tuning fork therapy, okay? And, and, and see, I don't know anything about it. I, I've heard of it and I was like, huh? And I don't know what to make of it, but I am so glad that I have you on the program so I can ask, what is your take on tuning fork therapy? Okay, so 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 let's <clears throat> let's break it down. Um, what when when a piano is out of tune, how does it sound when it's played? Bad. Yep, doesn't sound good, does it? So tuning forks are brought in, and the pitch of that fork is a harmonizing frequency to bring something that is out of tune or out of balance into balance. Now, that, now the, the instrument is created by man, okay, ostensibly through a vision that God placed in man to serve a purpose. Um, so there are practitioners out there who use the tuning forks, and I've seen them at conferences, um, who talk about universal aspects of healing. But you and I know, and the listening audience knows, that the spark of all things and the creator of all things is God the Father. So in any technology that is being used, um, if the author is not validated and recognized, then I consider it uh, false. I consider it a mimic of truth. So let's once again, I'm going to keep going back to Genesis. And the Spirit of God traveled upon the earth, and it was void and in chaos. And God said, let there be light. And the day and the night separated. And he began this process of speaking order, harmony, into a lack of harmony, chaos. And the frequency of his command, depending on the vibration of the words that he spoke, form was made. Order was made. Man was made. Animals were made. Plant life was made. The seas were made. Sea life was made. So with any of these instruments, to me, they are, if used in the correct context, a replication of the, the frequency of the Almighty. Mm. So tuning forks are about harmonizing, bringing in a disharmonious aspect of an individual, bringing that back into our harmonious aspect, which then raises the vibration and the frequency of that organ or that space of an individual to bring, bring about correction. We're bringing order into chaos. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's not the instrument and it's, it's like what I tell my patients when they come to see me. I'm not the healer. It's not about me. 
I have been given wisdom and insight from the Father. I am an instrument, and he uses me to reveal to them where they are in, di- in discord or out of balance or disharmony through either my the prophetic, prophetic voice that he gives me or hearing or seeing um, through blood analysis. And even when I use the remedies, um, and the remedies come from God's pharmacy, which is the earth, um, I always pray uh, that the remedies will carry the glory and the vibratory frequency of the Father that will bring about the remembrance of who these people, or who the individual is, so that correction can take place. Hmm. Um, so, so. Well, thank you for that. Fascinating. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Sometimes I just stumble across stuff. I'm like, huh. Um, so, a technology that you do use is BioScan. Yeah. Can you explain the science behind BioScan, why you use it, and well, the benefits? Well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really cool Always machine. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I've seen it. It, it, it beeps. It, it has, you know, uh, yeah. it looks really easy to take because it's like laid there. Fair in October. <laughs> yeah. The Texas State Fair in October. It's got bells, whistles, and lights. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's amazing how, how the father uses people, um, whether they acknowledge him or not to bring about change or, um, well, to bring about change and and change in any environment. So to overcome disease or, or whatever it is, um, again, you know, the true healer is the father and, and all that he's created for good. And, and however he chooses to, to manifest that in the earth is his choice. Um, but when you talk about biofeedback, you have to go back to, to the mid-50s. Uh, and there was a guy named Herschel Tooman. Um, he, he was into um, radio uh, flyer planes, okay, like the, the remote control planes. But mm-hmm. back then, they had an off-and-on switch. You didn't have a lot of control over what they did. You just turned them on, and off they went, and they crashed and tore up, and, you know, yada, yada. So, um, but as a child, he was fascinated by that. And to the point that um, by the mid-'60s, he had developed the first uh, remote control system, uh, airplane system. And um, and uh, in, in 65, um, he took that to, to Dallas, or actually in 1960, he took it to Dallas, to um, to the national championship of, of control controlled airplanes and control controller devices and won uh, with his device and this guy um, this uh, guy named um, oh gosh uh, Zell Ritchie bought bought his his technology um, he took it to Sweden in '65 and uh, he won the the the, uh, the world championship. Uh, uh, space control system with what um, with this guy Herschel Tuman had developed. Now Herschel Tuman actually grew up in Waco, and um, so so that <laughs> believe it or not, remote control airplanes was the foundation for biofeedback. Now does that blow your mind or what? Yeah, so, it blows so my a mind. guy starts with yeah yeah. So a guy starts with the concept of I want to fly 
a, a, a model plane, you know, remote remote control controlled plane. That's what I want to do. And at the end of that story, by the 70s, that technology was used um, to create um, uh, e, uh, EKG, uh, EMG. Uh, uh, it was the basis for feedback systems in medicine for healing the body. And, and eventually, uh, by, the, by the early to mid-70s, to mid um, had become a device that would um, feedback, uh, receive feedback from the body, and they would do muscular correction and stuff like that. And there's a whole lot of detail in there, and believe me, we don't have time for, for all of that. But, but that's kind of the origin of how that came about. Um, and so initially biofeedback was used um, to, to, to measure stress, um, or let's go back to the tuning fork concept, or to Genesis to measure chaos in a muscle, and by sending um, a harmonic a harmonic frequency back into that system, making corrections so that the muscle would fire the way it was supposed to, uh, even heal uh, faster than 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 um, you know than than it had uh, normally to date. Um, so it was biofeedback, meaning body feedback, biological feedback, body feedback. So there's a mechanized uh, measurement of frequency in a system. And, and, and the body resonates at, at various frequencies. Uh, organs resonate at various frequencies during different uh, times of the 24-hour clock. It's called peristalsis. So there's an ebb and flow in the body when an organ will turn on, shut off. You know, it's performing different tasks, It'll be, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so the vibration and the frequency of that um, will will ebb and flow as the body moves through its natural 24-hour cycle. Um, so biofeedback is really about measuring impedance um, in the system. So what does that word mean? Well, you know, so if you walk into a room and there's no light on, you, you turn and you flip the switch and the light comes on. You don't sit there and pontificate with yourself, how did that just happen? We just accept it as acceptable because, you know, we, we live in an electric world, and when you turn a switch on, you expect, you know, the oven to come on or the, the clock to start or the light to turn on or whatever. Well, and the body is the same mechanism. I mean, how, how do you think that we sat down and realized that there's currents, there's a current? You know, how did we, how did we establish that, that, that there is a, a current that, that, that can be impeded and released, and as a result of that, we get something or we block something? Um, and it's, it's through our own body mechanism that that's happened. So biofeedback is about finding where the breaker switches are blown or finding where the switches are turned off so that they can be refined or re-stimulated or, or fed from a nutritional level or cleared out from a, from a de detox process and then fed from a nutritional level so that that gate or that switch will operate the way it's supposed to so that ebb and flow exists in the body. Turn the light on, you, you flip the switch, it opens the gate, the power flows through, the light bulb is ignited. You leave the room, you flip the switch off, and it, the, the, the gate goes, is closed, and so therefore no power is, is traveling to the light bulb, and the light goes dark. So biofeedback. Now, how do you use this in your approach to therapy? 
Well, I use it as, as an adjunct to the microscope. Um, the microscope basically is going to give us two, um, two modalities of body, body function. And you know, we talked about that in the original uh, interview, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. But, you know, I look at the live blood, which is basically the flow system, and the dried blood, which is basically imprinting. And there's a lot that, that gets imprinted into the body matrix through the blood. Um, and so when I see, for instance, uh, parasites, bacteria um, in the blood, in the live blood, I can also see them in the dried blood, then I use the bioscan to uh, scan the organ system in the body, to scan the earth uh, from head to toe. Um, and so it, it uh, is a headset that's put on. There's a trigger mechanism in the, uh, the left ear uh, aspect of the head, headset. And that activates through um, the cerebellum, which is basically the hard drive for the brain. Um, the cerebellum feeds down into the brain stem. So all brain activity um, from the upper atmosphere travels through the cerebellum to through the brain stem into the spinal column, out the nerve, the ner neurological or nerve pathways coming out of the spinal column and into the various junctions and goes down to the body, to the tip of the toes, picks up data and it's fed back and it's faster than we could ever talk. Um, and so this machine that I use, which is a Russian machine, works in the nanosphere, which you know is, is pretty close to moving at the speed that, that, uh, that, that takes place in the body. Um, but there's an algorithm written in the bio, in, in the bioscan uh, bio machine that has healthy male, female, um, based on their age and blood type, gender from one to 100, and so it, it, it um, whatever I tell the machine to access, it will scan that component of the body, measure its frequency, and feed it back, and create a profile. And then I'll look for um, what I call the hot spots or the block spots in the body and scan them on a deeper level to understand why there's an impedance there. Why is, it, why is there dis-ease created in that system? Um, so it's usually a pathogen uh, overload, you know, parasites, viruses, bacteria, fungus, yeast. Um, those are the things that are basically the drivers that'll make uh, an organ either hyper or hypo, um, in other words, running too fast or too slow. Um, and so we work to um, remove um, those blockers in the system so that we can raise the vibration, bring the frequency back, harmonize it, um, tune it up and get it to function um, by design again. So it's measurable, it's quantifiable. I get a value um, that I can show um, an individual and say, you know, this is where it is, this is where we want it to be, and we use that, we track on top of that um, to measure how things are shifting or changing, um, along with, you know, how things are shifting and changing with the blood picture. So it's a really excellent biological snapshot of what's happening now um, in the body, um, which gives us a platform to work from and, and gives us you know, an idea of where we need to move in order to um, bring this individual back to a higher state of health. Wow. It's very fascinating. It's very fascinating because a lot for, I've been in practice, I'm in my 24th year, uh -huh. um, and pretty much for 24 years, I've had people come in with their medical tests, which I just look at them and I can't make heads or tails of them. But um, but they say all their tests say that they're normal, and these people literally can't function. I mean, they're overweight, 
they can't sleep, chronic fatigue, uh, bags under their eyes, they're bloated, um, they're having allergies, uh, chronic infections. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on in their body, but the tests, they're standardized tests all say that they're normal so the doctors can't do anything for them. They can't write a prescription for normalcy, okay? There's no pill for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So um, so they come see me. You know, it's like I've tried all these specialists, yeah. and they can't tell me anything, and I spend two hours, two and a half hours with them and, and tag them and bag them. And the difference is is, is they're, they're – they're, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're trying to measure in the blood because they, 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 they stain the blood and kill it. When you stain it, you use a dye to do that, and a lot of elements that they could find in there are now removed because of the staining. Some, some, some bacteria are gram-negative. They won't stain, so it doesn't matter if you could see them or not with their, with their dye system. They're not going to see them anyway because uh, it won't take to the stain like gram-positive will. Um, but with what I do, you can actually see it live in the setting in the microscope and then we can identify it uh, because everything in creation has a vibratory resonance it has a frequency so viruses specific viruses resonate in certain frequency fields so i can tell you whether it's kasaki virus or, or herpes or rhinovirus or adenovirus or whatever it is based on the vibratory resonance of that pathogen being scored and picked up by the bioscan and, 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 and it'll tell us in a category, you know, what it is or, or the, the uh, paradigm that it, that it operates in. So um, it's, it's very specific. <clears throat> I find stuff that people, it just amazes me some of the things that I find. I had a young man um, about three or four weeks ago, he was 27. Um, he was diagnosed in high school um, with ADD, ADHD. Um, somehow managed to get through school, uh, went to college, got a computer degree, moved to Denver, got deathly ill in Denver. He, he threw up for a year. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. He lost, he was wasting. He lost all this weight and he, he was, it was called wasting syndrome. And, uh, they brought him to me, uh, and, and he'd been to all these specialists, you know, everywhere, all over the world, no, all over the United States. Nobody could figure him out. Brought him to me, I scanned him. I found H. pylori in his brain. H. pylori is a bacteria that comes from food poisoning. It's very common in the intestines when you ingest food poisoning. You know, you when you eat put, eat bad food, you're going to be throwing, you're going to be running at both ends. Well, this guy had it in his brain. Oh my! I mean, of all things, no, no medical doctor in a million years would have looked at that. But I went ADHD and throwing up. How does that work? And wasting syndrome, how does that work? And so, you know, I just went to work. Now, I let the machine do its magic. I mean, I didn't do anything. I just set the paradigm, I was trying to figure out what was going on, and found H. pylori, and a very high dose of H. pylori in this kid's brain. And so we, we started clearing it out. And, you know, the kid is not ADD, ADHD. He's not wasting syndrome. He just had somehow managed to get this... Uh, H. pylori in his brain, and it was killing him. And had they not brought him to me, he would probably be dead by now. You know, so I mean, so there, I, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I sit in amazement uh, with this technology. I just sit back and go, gosh, you know, Lord, I just, I just thank God that he brought this into my clinic because, because, you know, the machine is his, the technology is his. The revelation knowledge he comes from is his. 
you know, I'm just blessed to be the guy sitting at the desk, you know, and everybody wants to give me, you know, the attaboy and all that. And I'm just like, hey, man, just get you get on your knees, fall on your face and praise the Lord, because, you know, without this technology, where would we be? And um, so anyway, uh, and and I've just got hundreds of stories like that, that, you know, that I could talk about with this with this technology of people that nobody could figure out and within within minutes within an hour a couple hours uh, had them figured out and moving in the right direction so so you know, I, I I love it I love it and here's where I do not find in hospitals that I've been to that machine I never see it um, no, and maybe I've just been. In, maybe, I mean, you could tell me if I've just been in the wrong offices and the wrong, you know, rooms. But no, you won't. See. Yeah, and it's like, no. why not? It sounds so brilliant and useful well, and effective. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you've got to understand um, um, what's behind modern medicine is big pharma. And they literally control everything, literally. Um, and if you if you don't believe that, if you think if you're not conspiracy oriented, I, I challenge you to go to YouTube and look up the 60 Minutes uh, program that they did on uh, pain medication. Watch the whole show. And if you can walk away from watching that, the epidemic of opioids in America. It, it aired last year. Um, if you can walk away from that and look me in the eye and say, there is no such thing as conspiracy theory and there is not a money-driven system that doesn't care what happens to people, then I can look you back in the eye and say, you are truly not of this earth. And I don't know where you're from, but you need to, you just need to go back because, uh, because it, it's just amazing um, at and and there's another there's another story on that was on 60 Minutes about chemo drugs that will do the same thing. Um, they're 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 money mongers. They don't care about healing people. They use that as a means to generate revenue, free money. They call it research. Um, they tag pink. They tag ribbons, colored ribbons. Um, to uh, to uh, entice people, seduce people into their wallet to, to give money for a cause um, that they think um, someday is going to bring about a cure or change. And I'm here to tell you it ain't going to happen. Um, there's one campaign um, that uses the color pink, and it's a $3 billion industry annually, every year. It generates at the minimum three billion dollars. And all sincerity, if you think that the cure is ever going to be found, and it's going to knock out that three billion dollar industry, I don't know what you're smoking, but I want some of it because it that is never going to happen. Um, and and that's what they do. They bilk the public for billions of dollars for for millions of dollars, and do these you know for these research projects that that are futile. All they do is pay people high salaries. Um, and, um, and, and so, um, I'm not sure how I got down this path. <laughs> Cause somebody needs to say it, Dr. Duncan. That's why. <laughs> I'm chasing a rabbit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that's, 
that is um, you. Okay, I know. Okay, so you won't see the kind of technology that I use or that uh, light practitioners use in their office that can actually affect change in a person's life um, because it's not a cash cow. Um, yes, I mean we're not covered by insurance, and, and it costs money to, to do what we do, and and, uh, and and there's no doubt about that. I mean, I have to pay for space, pay employees, pay for training supplies and all that kind of stuff by the equipment and and so there is a monetary uh you know value that is set there um however um it's at the end of six months or nine months or a year or two years or whatever it is that investment will pay off 80 percent of the time because you're well and completely restored whereas with medication you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life you're never going to come off of it and they're just going to keep adding to the cocktail until you wind up in hospice, and then they're going to take morphine and, and very quietly take you out until you die. So that's the modern healthcare system, and it's driven by the pharmaceutical industry. They pay for the research hospitals, the medical schools. Um, they pay bonuses, all kind of things to doctors to write their, write their drug prescriptions. They get stock options. That all started back in the 1940s with the Dr. Fishbein. Just Google it. Um, this is one time that Google is a good thing. You just look up Dr. Fishbein and the formation of the AMA. He was given $50,000 to form that agency to recruit doctors um, to dispel anything that was not medication-driven and, um, and to call it quackery. And if they would do that, if they would only write prescribed drugs, then they would get bonuses and stock options and stuff like that. And that system still exists today. My gosh. Most doctors don't get training they wait for their pharmaceutical rep to come in, bring them the drug, tell them how to prescribe it, and give them stock options, or we're going to send you to Florida on this cruise, on this trip, da-da-da-da-da. And that still, that still happens today. The opioid drug epidemic is a real thing. I, I mean, we could do a whole totally. program just on the opioid drug epidemic. I, I, totally. I, I mean, the... Oxycontin, I mean, that, okay, like, there are so many people that get addicted to these drugs, and yes. it's in the course of therapy, and when they can't get the drugs anymore, they're opting out to street drugs, because yeah. their medical insurance stops carrying them for their prescriptions, and people are ending yeah. up on really bad stuff, sometimes as bad as heroin, at the end of the day because their prescription ran out and their medical insurance dropped them for the, over you know, the, the prescription. And it's yeah. like, yeah. that well, is so messed is, up. It's legal heroin. Yeah, I mean, it's an opioid. Heroin is an opioid. So it's just legalization. And that's why they're, you know, that's why the government is pushing the legalization of marijuana because they want to open the door. To, to other drugs. I mean, our society's in big trouble. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Um, with the legalization of marijuana, um, and, and there's already research coming out of Colorado of, of the negative impact since they legalized marijuana that's happening uh, to the citizens of the state of Colorado. I mean, and it's not good. The numbers are not good. You know, crime is up. There's a lot of things going that are going on that aren't publicized. Uh, but but it's being brought in, you know, why for money, taxes, taxation, um, and the dollars that can be made off of it. Um, and, and that's really what, uh, look, you can go back to the 1800s 
Um, there were two schools, two medical schools. There was the polymorphic school, which is what the microscopy that I do, that's, that's called polymorphism. And then there was the Pastorian schools. Um, and Carnegie and Rockefeller um, got together and looked at, you know, the opportunity for long-term uh, revenue. And they said, they, they decided that the Pastorian model guaranteed them revenue for life. And so they went about shutting down, um, creating propaganda and bad press to shut down the polymorphic medical schools. There's about 20 of them at that time, around 18, mid-1800s, and, uh, and promote the Pastorian model and the Pastorian schools. And they threw all their money and resources and politics and influence into that model uh, because of pharmacology. Uh, because of long-term revenue sourcing. And um, so, you know, that's, that's, you know, where it comes from. And prior to that, I mean, herbology and, and homeopathy and all of that stuff has a longer-term history, this historical reference, thousands of years back. Um, and pharmacology came about in the, you know, really got on board in the, in the 40s is when it really started, but it, it was developing prior to that. Um, and so, and, and the, the politics of that is to discount, um, you know, the, uh, the earth for the resources that God created in, into it uh, and to pour uh, all the faith into the Frankenstein uh, stuff that takes place in a laboratory um, and, um, and, and promote that, and, and, and it's still a political agenda today. I mean, the pharmaceutical lobbyists—they're right up there with with oil and gas and nuclear—is you know in the top five uh, lobbyist groups oh, yeah. uh, in Washington and around the United States. Okay, so now I'm going to come so, back and rewind a bit because we were talking about pathogens and viruses, and you said they have resonant frequencies. Yeah. Now there is yeah. a a technology called Rife technology that you use. Yeah. And yeah. I want you to spend a little bit of time talking about it, the history and about how you wound up employing it in your own practice and the benefits. Okay. Well, so my, my doctoral thesis for my doctor of chiropractic was on Rife. So you, you hit the mother load on this one. Um, but <laughs> The cure for cancer was <laughs> the cure for cancer was established um, in 1932. Um, in 1928, Dr. Royal Raymond Rise, he was a researcher in California. Um, he developed. He began looking for the cure for cancer. That was his whole function, his whole purpose. Um, he took. Um, Tesla's uh, signature, circuitry signature that had been developed in the 1800s by Nikola Tesla. Um, he took that philosophy, that concept, that algorithm, and began researching um, how to destroy um, the cancer virus. Um, first, he had to, to be able to um, see it, to visualize it. So he developed what was called the Rife microscope, which is basically, my microscope is the modern version of the Rife scope. The Rife scope 
um, that he created was pretty large. It would probably fill up a six by six room or six by eight room. You know, the technology is different. Um, and uh, but he could actually he could actually see and he did see and record um, what he called the BCX virus, which later became known as sarcoma and carcinoma. Um, he would infect rats and animals, dogs and stuff with the virus and grow these huge tumors. And then he would sit for hours with a megahertz machine, dialing in one frequency change at a time, looking for the frequency that would destroy the tumor, destroy the virus. And he finally got there. 2008 was, not the year, was the frequency for um, uh, for sarcoma, which later became sarcoma, and then 2127 was the frequency for carcinoma. Um, so by 1932, he had developed the technology, the Rife beam ray and uh, the, mi the microscope. And so he sent out a notice uh, around the United States to oncologists and said, bring me your incurable uh, cancer patients and come and uh, stay with them for this research project. He got a thousand participants, patients and animals, and I don't know what the ratio was, I never, never, never was able to find that, but he had a, a thousand subjects total. <clears throat> they were uh, determined to be um, incurable, uh, late stage cancer, basically on their deathbed. He cured 996 out of 1,000, only four deaths out of 1,000 people with the Rife machine using two frequencies, 2008, 2127. Um, by the night, he had a lab partner whose name was Crane. Uh, Crane was not a doctor. He was a master's level biologist. Um, and Crane began looking at other pathogens, so polio and whatever the diseases of the day were and, and, and various uh, microbes that they had discovered at that point and began uh, hitting them uh, with, with this uh, Rife machine, the beam machine, looking for um, the frequency that would destroy each one. And so his research was a spinoff of Rife, and he's the one that developed the, the frequency codes for, for all the other variants. Um, by the 1940s, um, there were uh, rock machines in a lot of hospitals, and, and, and it was becoming uh, a known, uh, I'll say commodity, that's not the word, a known technology to um, heal cancer, heal cancer. In the late 40s, the Fishbine story came into effect, the formation of the AMA, um, Pastorian model had began to come to the forefront. Pharmacology had been was <clears throat> on the move. Pharmaceutical companies were being set up. Drugs were being researched. Um, and so, in order to make sure that nothing interfered with the financial reward for that system, um, the AMA was formed, and doctors signed those to agree to not utilize any kind of uh, other technology um, other than prescription drugs. 
chemo came out of World War One. It was uh, the gas that was used. You know, they 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 did a lot of uh, uh, gas. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the gas, but um, that was used in World War One to to kill soldiers and stuff. And and uh, our autopsies were done on on some of the soldiers, and they found that um, white blood cells were um, increased from from the gas. And um, and that's actually where chemo came from. It came from that, from that cyanide type gas that, that was used uh, back in World War One. Um, and they still operate the same model, <laughs> the same four chemo drugs um, from World War One. So, uh, so life uh, was his lab mysteriously was burned out. Um, can, and, can I just uh, can, can I just say as you're in the middle of your story, like. It it really boils my blood to hear that history lesson on what took mm-hmm. place, and 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 the listeners are going to be right with you. I'm just saying it because it needs to be said. Like, what the hey? Come on, please go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, the long and the short of, of the story is is that Rice basically died impoverished and an alcoholic in the 70s. All of his research was destroyed and. And uh, he was discredited and discounted and, you know, basically a heretic to medicine, yada, yada. Um, Crane basically survived until the mid-'80s. I actually have a, a, a VHS, the last VHS that Crane ever made, where he was demonstrating uh, the Rife, original Rife machine and the original Rife microscope. And you can watch when the frequency device is turned on you can see um, these uh, uh, pathogens that are that are in a medium, and you can watch them explode. It looks like you're too young, but uh, back in my day, there was a uh, there was a, a World War II uh, TV show called Twelve O'clock High, and it was about bombers, B-52 bombers flying over Germany, and and they would fly through flak. You know, the the uh, ground military would be firing, you know, their uh, arsenal. Their uh, bombs up at the planes, trying to blow them out of the sky, and you know these black clouds would just be popping up all over the place, and that's kind of what it looks like when when uh, it's protozoas that he's killing with the rice machine. You can actually see it happen. It's a pretty crude video, and but anyway, um, Crane died in the in the mid eighties, eighty five, eighty six, something like that. I think this one was made around eighty four, um, but <clears throat> so. Somewhere around the 60s, and the date is kind of controversial, um, some hospitals were being torn down or expanded or different wings that had been inactive were, you know, were being remodeled and stuff. And, and some of these old life machines were discovered buried in the walls. And uh, so some engineers got a hold of them, and they started reverse engineering them, and it kind of reignited the uh, rife uh, technological explosion and um, they had to do some conversion with the frequencies because rice stuff was an, initially done in megahertz because that's all we knew back then. Um, and we found uh, that long-term exposure to megahertz, well, we, we already know that EMS was detrimental to the body. Um, so, the, so the conversion was made out of megahertz to hertz frequency, which is the gravitational field of the earth, which we walk around in all day long. And so rice machines were being developed, and of course they were being scaled down to smaller units as components begin to develop over time. And so essentially, again, we're back into the frequency talk, understanding that there is a waveform or, or a frequency paradigm for pathogens 
the Rife machine basically works in a harmonic field. So if carcinoma is 2127, um, there's a scale of numbers above 2127 and below 2127 called a resonant field um, to allow for uh, mutation um, because um, things will shift uh, over time if you keep hitting them with the same thing over and over again. They'll shift up or shift down. They'll mutate in, uh, out, up or down in order to get out of death and destruction. Um, and so, um, and so, um, so there's a, the the right frequencies, the the uh, the uh, protocols that are written um, are based on a harmonic presentation of the resonant or the primary frequency if they're like prime numbers. And um, so when you expose different aspects of of illness um, <clears throat> to um, these frequencies, then it eliminates um, the chaos and brings it back into restoration of harmony. You can even work with, with just restoring organs. Uh, we call it organ support, where you know organs are not functioning at the level that they need to be. And though we're using homeopathic remedies and stuff like that, to sustain them, the Rife machine is kind of our guerrilla warfare. And that's what I talk about the technologies that we use in the offices. This is guerrilla warfare. The homeopathy and the tinctures and those kind of things are the foot soldiers, they're going to keep the battle going after you leave the office, you know, until you come back and get another, you know, a big hit so that, so that we're able to um, do the correction on, on a much quicker level. Um, so, you know, again, um, mm -hmm. um, Tesla's idea of circuitry, which lit Colorado Springs, that was the first city that was ever had uh, uh, electrical lights um, that would come on at night, you know, when the sun went down. Uh, thank you, Nikola Tesla. Um, and um, he, uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go on and say this. Go ahead. Uh, Tesla impoverished as well. Um, he was humanitarian. He, he didn't, what he invented, he did for mankind, um, not to make money. Uh, Westinghouse uh, got a hold of all of his uh, research and data, and they're the ones that put the patents on it. And, and made all the money off of what Nikola Tesla did. Of course, Tesla died and impoverished as well. Um, so um, Rife just took um, the Tesla design and, and brought it into um, the 19th century at that time and modernized it with, with the technology he had. With the, his purpose was to eradicate disease, to eradicate cancer. Um, and if he had been left alone and, and um, you know, left to... Um, uh, to uh, walk out his call, um, then we sit here looking at, um, you know, two out of three people are going to die of cancer in the United States every day. Um, we just wouldn't be looking at that today. Um, but um, money, <laughs> money changes everything. It so, Well, um, yeah, it does change everything. So and I'm going to just say, say this story. You know, I remember when I was in college, I got hooked into the whole conspiracy thing. It all, for me, it all started with a video called Fahrenheit 9-11 or something like that. And I, I, I well, was... Well, you are a youngster, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty young. Um, yeah. So, 
You know, here I am thinking conspiracy figure 2001 Space Odyssey, which I saw back in the 1960s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fahrenheit 911 was like yesterday for me, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so, um, I, you know, it was one of these 9-11 videos that I was watching that thing and someone had sent it to me on uh, whatever, I, I think it was back in the day what was it aol instant messenger aim like that was the thing right so i got an aim message you need to watch this video so i watched it my 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 brain about fell out of my head when i was yeah. questioned with the idea could 9-11 have been an inside job by the u.s government and i i just was so predisposed to thinking that the government was full of good people who wanted to help people like me uh have a good life and so I, I then went into all this stuff. Next thing I know, I'm researching the Jesuits and I'm researching the, uh, the different government movements and false flag operations and stumble on MK Ultra, and we'll leave that alone for now. And, and the next thing I know, I'm reading about alien greys and reptilians and I'm like, okay, well, I know that can't be true. So then I backed up off of that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, but I was a mess, right? And this was... When I was about 21 is when it all started, 20, 21 years old. So, you know, over a decade ago. But I ran into Rife Technologies in all of this stuff. And I was like, whoa. And I was a microbiology student at the time. And I was doing research in virology. I was actually in one of the virology buildings. I did a two-year project. We were trying to isolate a protein from the human herpes virus 8 uh, and uh, study it and ultimately to you know, develop some remedies, whatever. And, and I found out about Rife Technology and what it did. And I was like, this is so fascinating. So I took it to a professor who I loved dearly. And I said, look at this. <laughs> and you know what I was told? Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. quackery. I was actually told yeah. by a universe this is yeah. quackery. And I, I love the guy. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah. he was trained to tell anyone that came across this kind of thing that it's quackery. Because obviously if it was developed way back in the early year 1900s and it worked, we would be using it now. Therefore, since the you know tabloid said he was a quack, it must be quackery because <laughs> how stupid are we to not use something that works in the year 2000 and whatever. Yeah. yeah, how stupid are we, man? Um, so yeah, well, praise God for you. <laughs> um, well, praise God for God. Yeah. So, so yeah. let me uh, let me let me just come back to this, right? So, so with the Rife technology, you are helping people to overcome certain virus and pathogen issues. Yeah, we use it for support. We use it to, to uh, like a tuning fork, if you will, for to uh, support organs that need help. Uh, we do use it for pain management. It's really good for pain management. Uh, we use far infrared map, uh, mat and uh, combine that with uh, with pain frequencies on Rife, and um, you know we can take people out of pain uh, uh, using that system. Um, it basically reduces inflammation and. And inflammation is driven by pathogenic overload. Definitely parasites play a role in that. And, and uh, um, I mean, parasites are basically your battle cruisers. 
and they bring a lot of this stuff into the system. Um, they have a lot attached to them. Actually, when you look in the microscope, you can, depending on the color that's attached to the parasite, will determine the viral load um, that they're bringing in with them. Um, and this is this is kind of in the last uh, year and a half, two years, the revelation uh, knowledge that I've started seeing. And really, what helped me get there was the bioscan. Um, now I've been using the bioscan for about five years, but I began to make a correlation between because I would see these colors on the parasites and um, blue and red and and different colors, and I'd go, why, why, why are some this color, why are some that color, and why are some just look gray, you know? And uh, and so with the with the bile scan, after about three years of working with it, I began to see a correlation between color and viral loads, and talk to uh, some some you know some people in the field that you know I value and and talked about you know what I was seeing and and we began to kind of uh, validate each other's findings uh, through you know our individual work and and so um, so that's where I began to see that parasites are not uh, exclusive um, that they bring guests party guests and they have a lot attached to them and um, so um, you know, anytime you say viruses, you, you have to understand that they're not exclusive. Uh, anytime you talk about any pathogen, pathogenic load in the body, there is no exclusivity. That mindset comes out of the medical model, which is monomorphic. You know, they're like, if the thyroid's out of balance, they want to treat the thyroid. They ignore that the thyroid sits in the middle of what's called the HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals. So the pituitary signals the hypothalamus to tell the thyroid what to do, um, what motors that activity are the adrenals. So there's a whole network there. You have to look at that network, and that's why your thyroid medication really doesn't work. If you're taking, you know, a Synthroid, for example, um, it's designed to turn your thyroid completely off. So once you get on that medication uh, and without proper intervention, you're going to be on it the rest of your life. And they'll just keep open the, do open the dose as they need to because that's what they have to do is that thyroid turns off. And, you know, I can just go on and on and on about that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so the, so the Rife machine is very versatile. And, uh, you know, we use it in a lot of different ways. Um, it's, it's important, um, you know, everybody wants to go out and buy a Rife machine now. Um, you, you, it's, it, it's simple and it's not. Um, people can hurt themselves um, if they don't know what they're doing, and most people don't. Hmm. They read an article or two, and they'll buy something. And then, um, you know, I had a lady four or five years ago that um, got a machine, and she really didn't know what she was doing, and she fried her eyes. She almost oh. went blind. Oh. Um, took me uh, took me about a year and a half of working with her to restore her eyesight, and. Um, you know, she wanted to sue the company, and I said, "I'm sorry. I know, I know the people that you bought the machine from because that's the only machine I use. Um, it's not the technology; it's the user." And I said, "I, I ask you to show me in the manual um, where it recommends that you do what you did with the machine in your eyes." I said, "It's not in there." And um, I said, "So let's kind of dial this back and walk it back." And we did, and. I used the bio scan to make remedies uh, for her eyes, um, and um, you know she uh, used it improperly, and she increased the viral load because she didn't use it correctly. And so I had to I had to dial, walk all of that back and kind of undo 
um, the damage that she had done. But today, she's fine. So, um, and that's a fortunate situation. There's a lot of unfortunate situations where people buy stuff and they don't really know what they're doing. And um, and I blame that on the internet. Um, people read three or four articles and all of a sudden they say, I've done my research. <clears throat> and they think they're experts. And, um, and then they go out and get stuff and, and they get themselves in trouble. Um, so, you know, Dr. Google is good news and bad news. Um, but anyway, um, but we wow. can use it uh, to answer your question in, in variable ways. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm consider myself an expert with rights therapy um, because I have a doctorate behind it. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the places where I'll say, okay, I'm an expert. I've got, I've got a degree. I've got a thesis, you know, to back it up. Um, and, uh, um, and, <clears throat> and so my staff, uh, is the ones that I have operating that system are well-trained, um, and they know that they don't have all the answers. And um, and I don't either. I'm not saying I've got all the answers, but they'll bring situations to me and go, what should we do here? So we sit and look at the situation, evaluate it, determine how we need to to uh, access the machine to, to get the movement that they want. And the thing about RISE, though, is that there is a, a major kill factor about it. It's like napalm. Mm. Um, and so the problem with that is, is that if you overkill, then you build up, you know, a lot of dead soldiers in your body, and that becomes food for the fodder. So now you're, you're feeding the guys you're trying to get rid of. You know, they're just eating the carcass. Um, so we, we always combine colonics um, with the rice, with using the rice machine to make sure that um, we don't get an overgrowth of, of death in the body that becomes a life-sustaining force for the bad guys. So um, it is a systemic approach that we have to take with this, and you really have to understand um, the body dynamic in order to use these technologies. Um, even though you can get one anywhere, and and I guarantee you not all, not all uh, vehicles are, are the same, <clears throat> and um, but... Uh, you really, you really need to, if you're going to invest in that, you need to work with someone who really knows the machine, knows the technology, and knows your body um, to be able to tell you how to use it and then build a system around it to make sure that it's efficacious and not, to, not harmful to you. So. Well, I'm glad you shared all of that. Uh, and and you, you shared similar concerns when you were talking with us in a previous program about some of the supplements that you work with, these uh, high doses of various vitamins and minerals and, and how people can misapply and, and miss self-diagnose and actually not get the kind of benefits they think they're going to get when they begin to do that. And so, folks, that's why Dr. Duncan has a website and a phone number and... You can find him at www.houseofgilead.com. You can call him. And the office phone number is 972-596-5055. And you can't listen to this man speak and not walk away from the experience knowing that he knows what he's talking about. I... 
do have a few more things I wanted to get into, as usual, like <laughs> organ issues and spiritual counterparts, the biomat and ozone therapy, which is something that I was so interested in just a few uh, years ago and really looking at. And I'm going to tell you what, we're not going to get to it today, Dr. Duncan. I <laughs> but I'm going to say this uh, for those of you that listen to this podcast and are joining us for the first annual bride tribe retreat. You're going to get to meet Dr. Duncan in person because he's going to be hanging out with us. He lives literally down the street from me here in Dallas area. And so I am uh, really excited about that and about all the people that are going to be coming to that. And if you're listening, you're like, I didn't know there was a Bride Tribe Retreat. You should have come to the Fireplace Church when we made several announcements. Just saying. Dr. Duncan, I am so grateful that you took the time to be on a program. Is there any last thing that you have to say before we close? Yeah, just, we just, you know, all praise and glory goes to our Father in heaven and you know, we're so blessed that we have a loving father that loves us at the microscopic level and has provided for us a wealth of uh, healing power through his essence and his spirit and his being made manifest in the earth. Um, he told Adam and Eve that everything they needed was in the garden, um, that, that our food is our medicine. And we need to always be mindful of that, that, that our food is our medicine. Uh, herbs, tinctures, remedies, homeopathy, don't be afraid of that. Make sure that you work with a Christian practitioner that realizes that the source of all of that glory that comes in those little bottles and vials is from the Father above. And uh, I just, I just God bless all of you. And, um, you know, if you don't make the call, I can't help you. There it is. Folks, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.